The stop for Radio DePaul, your Chicago college connection. Gentlemen, this is Radio DePaul, your Chicago college connection. It is 11 o'clock at night, March the 7th, 2019, current era, or is it common era? This is episode four of Avant Garbage, and if anyone tells you, that it is anything but episode four. For instance, maybe someone tries to claim that this is episode five. They're liars. <laughs> Don't listen to them, because it's episode four. Today is, um, I've given myself a bit of a different different task today. I usually plan a schedule of what I'm playing track for track, and instead I've given myself just a, a roster of each, each device that I have. I have many, many different things. Our turntable is back, and I have more pieces, independent sources of media than ever before. And I really think we're gonna let all of that, you know, just masterful, masterful creativity um, that we all know is stored deep inside all of us um, to collage sound. And when we do, um, well, We'll, we'll hear it, I guess. So so stay tuned. I'll be here till midnight. So for those of you playing at home, an hour.
disclaimer for this episode is mentioned to be no do you hear this do you hear this noise yes that is not anything wrong with your equipment that is just the lovely sound art of avert yours if you know how this is actually pronounced roichi aikida that is or i don't know how i know his last name is probably really aikida that is spelled r-y-o-j-i space i-k-e-d-a this is the first track off his album Dataplex. That's just my that's just my little little caveat there. You, you may you may return.
track three, Four Friends. Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a weird half hour. It may sound odd that I say that before asking you to stay tuned following these brief announcements. I have a whole different plan for the next hour. A whole different plan that is radically similar, yet different. We have one Earth, a place full of life, with mountains and streams, vibrant forests, creatures of all kinds, and us. We have one Earth. It is our provider, supporting us with its riches. A landscape of wonder, always there, always giving. We have one Earth, yet she is being abused, those creatures disappearing, her air polluted, her water drying up, her soil depleted. We have only one earth, and soon there will be nothing left of it, a barren land stricken with disease, violence, the giver of life having given it all. Unless we, the cause of earth's strife, act now. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin. And deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. Allow me to do what they call in the business a backsell of what exactly I just played. And I would like to find out as well. First, allow me to welcome you back to Radio DePaul, your Chicago College connection. This is Avant Garbage, Episode 4, and I'm your host, John Henry. 
We've listened to many, many things. We've listened to, um, by popular consensus, the worst track I've played yet. Which, honestly, um, this is the first time I've ever had the courage to play it on the radio. And that was, of course, the Roji Aikida album. Uh, it's not, not, not for the faint of heart. It's also, like, ugh. Next time I play it, I might consider putting, like, a low-pass filter on it. Because, oh, yeah, it's really not great. I've had many, many complaints about trying to play this before. And perhaps some may admit that I shouldn't have done it in the first place. But, oh, well. We also listened to tracks. We listened to Niles From playing Says. It was a live show on KEXP. We lost, we listened to, I believe, again, I can't remember if I played this in episode three or not, but it was left over on my playlist. So I played it. It was John, Johanna M. Bayer's Music of the Spheres. We listened to a Giancarlo Tot. Oh God, I was so close. Giancarlo Ton Tonuiti. I'm gonna say that is it. And then it's got a track name I can't pronounce. I'll add it to the show description. I'm so sorry. I really need to start playing more American musicians because John Cage is like the easiest name to say. Um, We are about to listen to Alvin Lucier's I Am Sitting in a Room. And we will not make it through the entirety of this track. It is 45 minutes long, but I will try my hardest to make sure that throughout this broadcast that track will be continuously played. And then I will have my wonderful opportunity. I have brought many spoken word tapes and albums with me, and some other some other good knickknacks. And um, we're gonna try we're gonna try something something hopefully hopefully better than um, off the cuff experimental music. We're gonna try some more some more defined experimental music and some more some word collage and all sorts of wonderful things that not necessarily many people are all too concerned about, aside from myself. This is the most I've talked in one sitting, and it really, it really gets old. from the one you are in now. I am recording the sound of my speaking voice and I am going to play it back into the room again and again until the resonant frequencies of the room reinforce themselves so that any semblance of my speech with perhaps the exception of rhythm, is destroyed. What you will hear then are the natural resonant frequencies of the room articulated by speech. I regard this activity not so much as a demonstration of a physical fact, but more as a way to 
smooth out any irregularities my speech might have. I am sitting in a room different from the one you are in now. I am recording the sound of my speaking voice and I am going to play it back into the room again and again until the resonant frequencies of the room reinforce themselves so that any semblance of my speech with perhaps the exception of rhythm is destroyed. What you will hear then are the natural resonant frequencies of the room articulated by speech. I regard this activity not so much as a demonstration of a physical fact, but more as a way to smooth out any irregularities my speech might have. sitting in a room different from the one you are in now. I am recording the sound of my speaking voice and I am going to play it back into the room again and again until the resonant frequencies of the room reinforce themselves so that any semblance of my speech with perhaps the exception of rhythm, is destroyed. What you will hear then are the natural resonant frequencies of the room articulated by speech. I regard this activity not so much as a demonstration of a physical fact, but more as a way to smooth out any irregularities my speech might have. I am sitting in a room different from the one you are in now. And I am going to play it back into the room again and again until the resonant frequencies of the room reinforce themselves so that any semblance of my speech, with perhaps the exception of the is destroyed. What you will hear then are the natural resonant frequencies of the room articulated by speech. I regard this activity not so much as a demonstration of a physical fact, 
but no is a way to move any irregularities my speech might have. Melody 
very fictional, might I add, dialogue or amenities. The majority of the text is devoted to very odd logical discussion about what one is. Taking the very idea of one and discussing what it can and cannot be, you can get some very, very, very wild things from this. Such as, the one cannot have boundaries, because to have a boundary means something can be outside it, meaning there will be at least two things. Multiplicity. And we cannot have this because we are assuming that one is. One cannot move because it cannot have boundaries. Because to move division would be to apply moving out of where the one was currently. And you cannot because one is ever. You cannot be everywhere. The one cannot be everywhere. Because everywhere implies many positions. One cannot exist in time because to identify the one in the present and then to identify one a few minutes into the future would be to imply that there are two ones. One is not in time. So one has not been existing in the past. One will not be existing in the future. Nor does one be. One is existing in the present. This allows Parmenides to end the one is hypothesis concluding that, well, one is not. A paradox they will not resolve anytime soon. There are many other qualifiers of the one, but there are too many, and some are just a bit too confusing, and my notes from that day's lecture are a bit too incomplete. I will not go down the metaphysics of how one emanates and thus cause the world to be intellectual and sensible to exist. That is not what I am here for. The one is by definition unknowable, and truthfully you can only point to things around it, like things it is not. If we are using the platonic model of the world, it is simply above the intelligible world. It categorically is just out of bounds for our understanding. Discussing one will not really get you close to understanding it at all. I was about to write the word fully, but to say fully would imply there were parts to the one. There are transcendent moments when discussing the one, where I come just a little bit closer to understanding just how non-understandable it is. And all I can remember is the feeling in my mind. A feeling identical to my brief crisis of consciousness I had just moments ago. Admittedly, I do not know if learning about ancient metaphysical models can help me in my strange fleeting crisis, but I do know for sure that they have something in common. The feeling that I have difficulty describing. The platonic form of unknowing. Browning's collection, Sonnets from the Portuguese, appeared in 1850. The sonnets are not translated from the Portuguese, but the suggestion of indirection may keep the poems from seeming too personal. The sequence contains 44 sonnets. This one comes next to last. Some of the poems talk about the beloved in the third person, but many talk to the beloved in the poetic second person of thou and thee. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight for 
for the ends of being and ideal grace. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need, by sun and Thank you for listening to another episode of Avant Garbage. Once again, this is episode four. Special thanks goes out to the World Cycling Agenda, the irreparable silence between the tracks on I Am Sitting in a Room, the strange sound effect tracks I was playing, the very idea of Plotinus, and something... DePaul is Chicago's College Connection.